Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit BetOnline today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. I want to hear cannons! Three-step drop, goes on the end zone. Caught ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in! They go again. Tempo mode, dropping the throw. Winston now they got those to the left. It's intercepted at the 35. Outside the numbers to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 15, 10. Mike Edwards, touchdown Tampa Bay. That's the dagger, my friend. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. Hall of Fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening. You're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Cannon. Fire them. Keep Cannon. on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast following Thursday Night Football Week 8. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to 3-5 and five following... Just another uninspired performance by this team. I mean, it's getting harder and harder to open this podcast the way the Bucs are playing. You see the title of the show. With that being said, the Bucs are three and five. I don't even remember the final score of tonight's game. Um, you know, we we kind of we kind of touched on this, and I love this quote so much. It comes from one of the best friends of the show, Trevor Sikama. He said this all the way back in 2017, and it rings more true now than ever. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are bad until they are not. The Bucs had a chance tonight to go into this game three and four and prove that they could learn from their mistakes because not only did they get one chance against one of the worst teams in the NFL, they had back-to-back chances against some of the worst teams in the NFL to go out there and execute, and they could not do that. Now, throughout this first half, I was bamboozled. It was 10-3 to three at half. I mean, Baltimore... Lamar Jackson, they were not running the ball in that first half, and that's because they waited until the second half to execute their offensive game plan, and they did it to perfection. Uh, They manhandled Tampa Bay all over that second half. They won the time of possession battle. I'll be surprised if they didn't hold the ball for 40 goddamn minutes in that game. I I mean, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. How are you feeling after that? Yeah, it's um it's interesting. Obviously, we didn't do a like specific game preview. Um, but if we would have the score I had in mind and I posted on the page earlier today was twenty eight to seventeen Ravens. I was almost there. I was almost there. It was twenty seven to sixteen. Um, it's just you know this game sort of went the way I thought, except for the start. Um, the the, the start so surprised me a little bit. Um, obviously, I it's thought a, I mean. That's that's the most juice I have seen on both sides of the ball all season. I mean, since week two, you know, when Mike Evans got ejected, we have not seen the offense start the way that they did. 
Uh, Bucks got a first quarter touchdown for the first time this entire season. They open it up with back-to-back scoring drives. I know it wasn't perfect, and I know they stalled out in the second quarter. Execution errors are to blame, and we'll get much deeper into that. But, like, was I wrong for having hope that maybe this was the week <laughs> the team would figure it out? Because, holy shit, it looked like in that first quarter, that's the most complimentary football we have seen from this team all year long. Three points for Baltimore wow. in the first half. I mean, wow. what more can you ask for? Wow. Especially after the muffed punt from Jalen Darden, basically not, spotting not, them a touchdown. Darden, it was D. Delaney. It was the yeah. gunner. It was a great block. <laughs> I know it was just a special teams mishap, but like this team is playing with my emotions because it felt like they were getting there, and then it was just another signature collapse from this Todd Bowles Bucks team. Yeah, and and that's. Unfortunately, it's becoming a theme, uh, really, for for the entire year. And uh, I think you know the start that they had was good. And it's not that it's not that they went away from it. I mean, I don't think they absolutely went away from it. It's just you know, one you know, Brady probably played his worst game of the year uh, today, uh, tonight, whatever you want to call it. He probably played his worst game of the year. Uh, missed some throws he normally doesn't had missed Kyle Rudolph. I mean, even Mike Evans in the back of the end zone, which they scored on that drive. Like they, they scored on that drive, but I mean, Mike Evans was wide open in the back of the end zone. He tried to sort of like rainbow it over to him. Um, it's like, just, the, it's sorry. I, I don't mean to cut you uh, off. I'm, I'm really you're emotional. Good, you're good, you're good. We're trying to get all these takes out here and trying to stay reasonable. But you know, you talk about Mike Evans, Tom Brady and Mike Evans tonight, this is probably the worst their connection has looked since he got to Tampa. I mean, it was all types of miscommunication. I know Mike had that one pass down the sideline, hit him right in the chest. He couldn't bring it in. And then Brady was chewing him out for being behind on another route where they miscommunicated down the field. I mean, there was just a lot of like Mike Evans looking lost out there and, and running the wrong route and Brady having to correct him. And I mean, a lot of guys in that second half, we just we saw the offense stall out like they always do. And I know I just talked about the defense in the first half of the game, only allowing three points. You know, it's a 10 to three ball game. I, I, I know this run defense is, is just is the worst in NFL history right now because it's another week in a row that they have given up 150 plus yards on the ground. You need an offense that can score points. <laughs> you need an offense that can maintain drives. You need an offense that can stay on the field for longer than a minute and five seconds when you need to march down the field and get a touchdown. It is just pathetic at this point. It is incredibly bad. Like, I, I like, I, ooh, buddy, it is bad. And, uh, well, I mean, good thing is they have Aaron Donald next week, so. Oh, yeah, great. Well, I mean, what did you, okay, so let's talk about uh, some of the changes the Bucks had coming into this one. One of them was Nick Leverett making the official start, his first start at left guard. Luke Gedeke not able to play due to injury. I thought Nick Leverett was a good part of why this offense looked good on those first two drives. It felt like the Bucks' run game was working in those short yardage situations where it usually didn't, right? And I mean, I know later on in the game, just like the rest of the offense, it stalled out, but I, I can't get over how good they looked at the start of this game. I know it wasn't perfect. I know you want two touchdowns back to back, but like, again, I just, I, Am I, I've just been fooled another week in a row for hoping this team could could turn it around. Yeah, you know it's um I thought so the the defense was doing their job uh, the first half. Don't excuse the second half, but but the first half uh, the defense was really doing their job, and um, you know they just 
whether they got tired or not, whatever, it's not really not acceptable to be gashed on in through the ground like that. And, uh, but I mean, you know, this defense gave the offense four drives with, with the, the lead, the Bucks had the lead with the offense and they could have pushed it to a two score lead. I don't know why Baltimore's game plan was what it was. I don't know why they came out throwing the ball all over the lot. Like, I don't understand. Like, even like I knew, like we all, that's what everybody was like. Oh yeah. Were you expecting the you old know, Lamar Jackson to come out and just run? Like, I don't know why they didn't, you know, I don't, I don't know why they decided to come up with a game plan. They did. It clearly wasn't working. Um, and, you know, th- this this defense gave the offense the ball with the lead four times, and the Bucks had a chance to make the Ravens continue to pass the ball by going up two scores. But no, it stayed one score, and right when it stayed one score, 10-3, to three, and the Bucks went three and out on offense to start the second half, I was like, yeah, this one's done. I was that, like, that was not going to. I felt like that was the one chance that this offense really had to, to try and sustain any type of momentum. I mean, a chance – with the ball to end I mean honestly what the Bucks had the ball in the second quarter with five minutes left to go five and a half minutes left to go something like that I mean realistically I know this run game isn't built to do what Baltimore was able to do but the Bucks had every opportunity to hang on to the ball as long as they needed to and I just try and get something right you know that you can get the ball back to start the second half Try and double up. Just try it. You know, you go three and out when you need it right there. And then um, you really don't do very much with it to start the second half either. We get a $2 super chat from our buddy, Mr. Bucks Nation. Here is the million dollar question. Everyone's going to be talking about it. I want to talk about this in a different segment. Oh, okay. All right. That opens opens up a whole can of beans. We will listen. We'll get to it, James. Once we finish talking about the offense from tonight. But yeah, let me get some more thoughts from you tonight because I, I want to go over the stats. I want to go over the box score. But it's it's again, it's another week in a row, just like last week's show where it's like, what's the point? You know, <laughs> who cares that Mike Evans had over 100 yards? Who cares that Chris Godwin had the most targets he's had all season? Julio Jones had his first touchdown in a box uniform. Dude. Who gives a shit? Who cares? I mean, wow. the, I mean, the funny thing. The funny thing was that two point conversion call. Uh, just great that was stuff. just terrible. <laughs> I mean, stuff. that was so, <laughs> so bad. And listen, I know, I know we talked about the offense stalling out tonight. Execution errors were just, I mean, the Bucks killed themselves tonight. Multiple touchdowns taken yeah. off of the board. The Kate Otten touchdown, the, uh, you know, the holding on Donovan Smith that takes that one off of the board. And then there's that pass to Julio Jones that puts them inside the five yard line. Another penalty sets them back to where instead of going for it on fourth down, they got to settle for three points, which puts them back even further because they were already playing to get the two-point conversion, to make it a three-point game, to possibly go out there and get the onside kick. You know what I mean? It's kind of like they're playing to win the game, but you know they don't really have a chance kind of deal. And it's just sad. It's just it's awful football. And here we are. Like This is the brand of the Bucks this year. We talk about every single year right around this time. We talk about building an identity for your football team. And the identity of this Bucks team in 2022 is they are fucking garbage. <laughs> like, that, might be, that might be the quote. Right I there. mean, this is the worst complimentary football of all time. They are playing complimentary football in the worst fashion. You have a defense that gets gashed every single week into giving up 200 rushing yards because they are on the field for 70% of the game because you have an offense that cannot sustain drives and they cannot score points. 
And unfortunately, for the fourth week in a row, right when we could really use it, they don't force a turnover either. So it is now a straight month that this Buccaneers defense has not forced a takeaway. And it honestly felt like even in the second half, I know it came down to the wire, but a takeaway could have very well been the difference in this game. I I mean, it it, could have been. Yeah, but like... I don't know. What's the offense going to do with it? <laughs> like, well, I, know, I, I, get, I get what you mean. It's just, I, I it's get, another opportunity for this offense to go out there and give us a three and out. I'm, I'm listen, we do these instant reaction shows so we can get all the emotions out of the way. So I apologize if you're listening and, and you know, it is a little jarring. I normally don't cuss this much on the show, but I have reached my limit. I have reached the point where I don't, I, I don't have any more positive hope that this team is going to show me something next week against the Rams. Yeah, they got a, uh, what do they have, a, a 12-day break, 13-day break before they got to go out there and do it again? 10. Yeah, so who cares? <laughs> who cares? Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the offense some more, and then we'll get to James' question. I keep cutting you off. I'm just trying to make sure I throw I would, all my I takes like, out there. I would like to to be able to talk. Yeah, hey, go, go mean, ahead, buddy. You, I will listen. I'll mute myself. It's, been, it's all you've yours. You've been coming up with good quotes, Coach. So Coach I mean, Wanish, the floor is yours. If you keep if you keep coming up with these quotes, I might have to just sit back and, and relax. Um, but uh, yeah, I know it just you know the the title of the show says it all, right? I don't really need to say too much about that. It's just you know. I, I would well for one we'll talk about the changes that they need to make and stuff but like schematically obviously without watching the tape I don't know exactly you know um Leonard Fournette to me uh I think Rashad White showed you enough that he should be the running back one moving forward um yeah it looked like Tom Brady and Mike Evans hadn't played a single snap together like at all um it was like if Tom Brady was throwing to me and just, you know, I just was somebody who was just plucked in there and say, Hey, go, go throw. Um, it seemed, I mean, they, these guys have been playing together for three years now, like these communications on where they should be. And they've been playing together in the same offensive scheme and the same plays for three years now, there should be no issues on where a quarterback's going to throw it and where the receiver is going to be. Not with those two, and there has been. So that's on both of them. You know, that, that's on both guys. Uh, Mike Evans on second and two, uh, drops a ball, a uh, deep ball. That's a tough catch, but, like, you got to make the catch. Um, you know, I, it was either second and two or, th- or third and two, but, like, all of a sudden he has a case of the dropsies now, and it's just everything on this offense is sort of rearing its ugly head, and it's bad, and, and they're they're looking – I said it last week, you know, they're looking down the barrel at, at three and six right now with the Rams coming to town because right now, like, yeah, could the break help? Sure. But like, do, are, am I confident? Why should I be confident that they're going to have any answers 10 days from now that, that they haven't had yet eight weeks in the season? And like, and let's not forget, no... I mean, this isn't just the LA Rams who are also in a slump right now. Super Bowl 56 champs. They are feeling the Super Bowl hangover. But the fact of the matter is, even before they won the Super Bowl title, they have been a bad matchup for Tampa Bay. They've owned Sean, yeah. Sean McVay coaches fucking circles around Todd Bowles and this coaching staff. And yeah, it's probably going to be another demoralizing game after this 10-day break. And then Geno Smith, Pete Carroll, and the Seahawks, that's just good coaching. 
that's another game where even though the Bucks have the talent to, you know, run it up by Seahawks 30 points. The Seahawks are four and two. Yeah, and you said they were <laughs> cooked after week one. I mean, you, you know, it's one of those things where good coaching is going to take you far. And and I got to tell you, there's a lot of aspects. We talk about execution errors, but there's just so much about this Bucks team that's like, it's just incredible what a downfall this has been. I mean, realistically, dude, I had them losing yeah. five games all year. My season <laughs> prediction was 12 and five. Do you remember when we fucking picked the Bucks to go 12 and five and 11 and six? And everyone was like, you guys are crazy. Crazy in a bad way, though. Crazy like they're going like 14 and three. Yeah. It's How just, do you think those people feel right now? I mean, I'm pissed, and I know that I'm going to be watching Bucks <laughs> football when Tom Brady is not here. But how do you think all the 12 year old Brady fanboys feel right now to see their boy just going out like this? It, you, you, you are a 12 year old Brady fanboy. How do you feel seeing your boy come out of retirement to just deal with this shit? I mean, this is well, bad. Well, to be fair to me, though. I was there before Brady, so I'm more. No, yeah. It, no, 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 no. Let's not get it twisted. Evan is a real one. People uh, seem I'm, to forget that. I'm, I'm, We've been I'm, doing I'm this show since 2016. We've been I'm around the block. We've seen much worse records than three and five on this podcast. Yes. However, we haven't seen teams with this much talent be three and five. And I think that's the frustrating thing. I had in the season prediction show, I had them losing this game. I had them losing this ball game, but I had them winning the previous two. If you win the previous two, tonight's doesn't really matter. So, I, you know, the, the thing is, I just don't know where you can go from here because now you're facing – and I also had the Seahawks being one of the worst teams in the NFL. I had that being one of the games that, you know, okay, you could have won. And the thing is that the Seahawks have exceeded expectations mightily. So I, it wouldn't shock me if you lost to Seattle. Like – I don't know. Like you're the better team, but like, who who knows? You know, you I were you the better team than Pittsburgh? Probably. Were you the better team than Carolina? On paper, yeah, you're better than both those guys. But like, doesn't matter. Like the results are the results. So, um, you know, I like I said, I had them losing this game, but like, yeah, I, I had them, yeah, eleven and six, and it's looking like we were way way too optimistic because. I know a lot of things haven't gone in their favor, but um, they also just – they they have to be the most – I mean, not the Packers, not anyway. They have to be the most disappointing team in the NFL. I mean, they have to be because so, the Packers the Packers got rid of their best offensive player. Like, the Packers got rid of Devontae Adams in the offseason. There was expected to be some sort of drop-off. Maybe not to this extent, but there was expected to be some sort of drop-off. Everybody thought the Bucs were going to be legit Super Bowl contenders. And right now, they're not even a playoff team. Like, they're not even playing like a playoff team. They will be out of the playoffs after Sunday because the winner of the Falcons and Panthers game has sole possession of the NFC South. So right now, they're, they're still in a playoff spot. But Sunday night, they will not be in a playoff spot anymore. They'll be, you know, they'll be close to the top 15 in the draft if they keep playing like this. Somebody had a, somebody had a great quote. And I don't remember who I remember oh, you're reading trying to it. pat yourself on the back. Are you? Well, yeah, a great quote, quote about five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, well, we had a we had a two hour super chat from from James and it was uh, said, Rhett, you got to chill out, man. I don't know. I kind of, you know, hey, Brandon, Michael with the two dollar super chat says the opposite. He says, give him yeah, hell. Right. I love you it guys. Is, it is like that is polar opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to keep on going. Um, But somebody had a great quote. And the way that they had put it is that this Bucks team. I mean, 100% at this point, I think they came into the year cocky. I, 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 I do. Um, I think they are victims of their own success. 
because to a certain degree, coming into the season, every single week, the top of the hour, they're talking about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it is recent success with this team. You won a Super Bowl two years ago. Who cares that you won a Super Bowl tonight? Nobody. You know what I mean? Nobody gives a shit when you're three and five. But they are still off of that feeling. And everybody in that locker room still feels like they're as good of a team as they were in 2020, 2021. And it is biting them in the ass. I hate to say it, but Devin White, this was like his worst game ever tonight. He got fucking embarrassed. And he has been talking the most out of anyone in that locker room all season long there was a play it was like second and four the ravens picked up a first down tonight and then he was celebrating afterwards i know like, yeah he made the tackle it was a it was a gang tackle they got there pushed yeah. him out of bounds and he got up and he's talking his trash it's like come on dude so like you like like i said like i told him last week like he's got he got shut up and he's just got to work like he is like I, I've said it for a while. He's the most overrated player on the Bucks. I think he's probably one of the most overrated players in the entire NFL now. Like he sucks. Well, that it's gonna be terrible. it's gonna be another week of uh, film breakdowns on Twitter. You know, having Baldy NFL sit there and talk about here's how the Buccaneers defense broke down yet again this week. Another terrible thing to put on film, and it's incredible. I know we haven't really honed in on either side of the football so far tonight because what's the point? They both were bad. Uh, but let me ask you this question, and then we're going to get into James' Super Chat question. But I got one more question before. So there's been a lot of big trades happening in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey gets dealt for some draft picks over to San Francisco. A couple of other teams getting active. Robert Quinn just landed in Philly. I mean, that's a guy who had damn near 20 sacks last season going to the only undefeated team left. So the fact that the 6-0 Eagles don't feel fulfilled with what they can bring to the table shows that they are going to be buyers before the deadline. With the trade deadline coming up Tuesday, I believe, should the Bucks be looking to bring in some pieces or maybe shed some weight? Are the Bucks going to be active? Because if you want me honest, I don't think they're going to do shit. I, I seriously, I feel like the Buccaneers are so confident with this roster that they still think that they have. Todd Bowl says every single week, we have our guys, we like them, we want to continue to use them, and those guys aren't getting it done. So do you think the Bucs could become whether it is a seller or a buyer, could they be active before the deadline? Um, I, honestly, no. Like, even if their record was sw- switched, like if they were five and three, I don't really think. Like, that's just not, if you look at Jason Light's history, that's just not really how he does things. Well, it's also like, too, I mean, Part of what's so frustrating about this Bucks team is the talent across the board. Yeah, they have their roster. Right. Like, where is the glaring hole on this roster? Who, you know, you can look at running back. Sure. Hindsight 2020, Leonard Fournette got, not getting it done. But, like, Leonard Fournette and Rashad White and, on and your running, offense. Running back's the least significant. With position. their receivers, there is no reason at all we should be talking about adding more offensive weapons at the deadline. There's no reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... um. It's it's interesting, but like I said, I I don't think they're going to be either. Um, one, they're not going to sell because that would signal like they're they've given up, right? Uh, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, and then I don't think they're going to buy because like most of the time. And by the way, the NFL trade deadline's a joke. Like it's gotten better over the years, but like, it's not like the NBA and the NHL and like the MLB trade deadlines. Like Juan Soto got traded at the last MLB trade deadline. Max Scherzer got traded the one before that. Like those are two of the biggest names in baseball. 
and they got traded at the deadline. Robert Quinn might be the biggest name traded. As we have a $10 super chat from Matthew Diaz. Welcome back from the stadium. Let's <laughs> fire left, which please also cussed out a bunch of Ravens behind me. Not proud of myself, <laughs> but it felt awesome. Well, you know, that's the thing about, you know, whenever you're not proud of yourself, but it feels awesome. You've done a good thing. Yeah, that, that, I, that, I think that's so. My quote. I think so. Um, Matt, we but, appreciate you and your support. Matt was actually at the watch party last year. Um, didn't get to make the first one, but he said he will be out at the November 27th date. Awesome. So, you know, if the Bucks are not, uh, 10 losses deep into the season by then it should be a great time November 27th at Barry House Beer well Company. you know what they you know what they always say can't fire watch parties a guaranteed W stop it stop it all right so I'm already <laughs> you know superstitious enough we're not going to get into the losing record we have but now um, let's go let's get into uh, so what everybody wants to talk about so. one more one more bit of news though okay. before we get to that on the defensive side of the ball Shaq Barrett outside linebacker started off pretty good tonight had two big tackle had for loss too. had a sack I mean he was showing up on the stat sheet and then he left the game was carted off with uh what appeared to be an ankle ankle injury but source comes out and says that he is feared to have suffered a torn achilles based on the initial exam so if that's the case his year is done yeah tabul says achilles injury said it doesn't look good um so um more anthony nelson woo I mean, maybe more Carl Nassib, though, man. Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Carl Nassib is on my shit list tonight, though, because he did miss a huge tackle. tackle. I he mean, it made... But, but the Ravens didn't score on that drive. Oh, okay, thank the God. Ravens didn't score on that drive, but he did miss a tackle. He did that. Was it the it drive, turned I a two-yard loss into, like, an 18-yard gain. Yeah, that was the drive they went for on fourth down, which, by the way, fantastic play by Jamal Dean there. Um, hey, listen, yeah, that... I, I know we've talked about a lot of guys, and... and I'm not going to cut excuses here. I'm really just exclusively talking about the first half of the game, but I thought Zion McCollum really stepping up into a big role tonight. He had that big play against Mark Andrews to prevent the touchdown early in the game. I thought he stepped up. I know that later in the game we can sit here and talk about it, but the fact of the matter was the defense was gassed and they were feeling the effects of an offense that could score no points. I I thought Zion McCollum was a guy who stepped up tonight, and he really needed to after last week. They picked on him a little bit at times. Um, you know, they they definitely picked on him a little bit, but I, I do think that um, he's been, you know, he, he was fine. Uh, he made so, some nice plays. Um, but, um, yeah, let's, let's get into, because I don't want to jump completely over to the defense. No, you're now. good. You're good. We Without got time. Talking, so, so let's get into, um, what everybody seemingly wants to talk about. So there's 10 days here. Um, the offense has sputtered big time, right? Will the Buccaneers. Now there's a difference here. There's a difference between will the Buccaneers fire Byron Leftwich and should the Buccaneers fire Byron Leftwich? Oh, well, I mean, Those absolutely. Two very <laughs> different things. Absolutely. Every team with any sort of coaching staff turmoil is going to see themselves on both sides of that conversation. Will they? Should they? Should, should they? And nine yes. times out of ten, those answers are not going to be the same. Should they? Yes. Will they? Not right now. I, I listen. Don't think they're going to do it. I. I. Todd Bowles I, said that I, everything I is on the table, and they're going to take a look here which, over the. Which is different than what he said last week. Last week he said no coaching no coaching changes, and this week he's saying everything's on the table. He said everything That's is different. on the table. They're going to take a look at it over the long break. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if you uh, 
I don't know if you guys listen to many other Buccaneers podcasts, but I was listening to Scott Reynolds and Matt Matera on the Pewter Report podcast. I don't know if this is inside sources, but, you know, Scott Reynolds is a guy with more sources than you and I. And he literally said that Byron Leftwich was coaching for his job this week. I mean, yeah, that, that, know, that came out of know. his mouth. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm letting you take that and interpret it okay. however you like. But that leads me to believe that sooner rather than later, if this Bucks offense continues to sputter and fuck it four weeks in a row of doing the same thing is going to have you looking at, you know, eight. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> like it, it seriously all year. All year it has been like this, aside from the Kansas City game, but that's like emergency offense that's, you know, playing from behind, embracing the pass, and even then it wasn't enough to get it done. So, yeah, all year they have been bad. And with that being said, I, I just – I think I don't think he's going to last the rest of the year. I don't. No, I don't think he's going to last – if I can speak. Last the, the rest of the year, um, but – I just don't know if they're going to make a change right now because I look at it as they have two more opportunities and they have a bye week in there. So, but maybe Todd Bowles feels the heat a little bit and we can get into this might be reactionary or whatever, but I, Todd Bowles should be on the hot seat. Like, I'm not saying like, like one and done. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not saying midseason. Like the Glazers have never fired a head coach midseason. That's not going to happen. But he deserves the the rest of the year. But like, you need to seriously, seriously reevaluate this guy at the day after the season, whether you make the playoffs or not. Real honestly, you need to seriously reevaluate. This. Now, honestly, if they make the playoffs, you might as well keep him because to me, it would be a tremendous turnaround. But like, you, if this season is going the way it's currently trending. You seriously need to reevaluate it because I don't care what the optics are of a one and done. Like it happens in the NFL. It happens at look at Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens was with that Cleveland team with all that hype and Odell and Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry and this and that. He was a one and done. Like it happens. And I think Todd Bowles should not be an exception to that if it's warranted. So they need to look at everything. And I think that's including Todd Bowles. I think the first step is, and I think Todd might realize that. And that's why. Maybe Byron Leftwich doesn't survive the whole year. Like maybe Todd's like, okay, like I gotta do something. Like I have to do something, or else it's freaking me you know, on the on the chopping block. But um, I just, yeah, it, I mean, it's calling cards the defense. How's the defense looked? Like that that defense tonight was lazy, um, and it's a shame because their first quarter was pretty good. Like their first quarter was really good. They gave up three points on a turnover on special teams. Yeah, three like, points in the first half after a after a after a turnover that puts Baltimore at the five yard yeah. line. You know, we talk about spotting Kansas City points on that one Rashad White fumble, and they were out from farther away than that. You would think between Lamar Jackson, Kenyon Drake, Gus Edwards, everyone else, they had running all the hell over us. I had to stop myself from saying another F word there. Two dollar super chat from Trey Kimbley. Uh, Evan, turn your mic up, bro. Can barely hear you. Got to get closer. Hello? <laughs> Hold that thing in your hand. Get up on it like you like it. Yeah. So, uh, here we go. I got to make sure I got to make sure I, uh, my, gotta, my, my, my camera's off, but my mic's on. So, oh, <laughs> I actually don't know what happened to my camera, but <laughs> that's all right. We'll figure it out. We love doing the live show. Um, man, 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 man. So let me ask you this question. Um, welcome back. So, so let me ask you this question here. 
You don't even know. You, you no, I know, do so know. I do know what I want to ask. I'm just thinking of how I want to ask it. Um, because this is a loaded real, question, real, real, and we are quick. talking about this real way, quick. way too early. I, I wanna, I wanna address a few things that I've been seeing in the chat. Okay. One, Sean Payton not happening. Oh yeah, no way. There's no if, universe where Sean Payton if, comes to coach the Bucks. Like he's always wanted to coach Brady. If Brady comes back, sure. The Saints still have his rights. He's still under contract with the Saints. You seriously think the New Orleans Saints are going to trade Sean Payton to the Buccaneers? Get the hell out of here. No way. As we have a $1 uh, to $1, $2. Sorry, James. Didn't mean to slight you there, money bags. Old cheap um, ass. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is Tom's last year. No way left which stays. Okay. Um, but anyways, so Sean Payton, that's the first thing. Two, I've seen some stuff about just demote bowls to defensive coordinator and hire Bruce Arians back. That's not going to happen either. Like that has never happened in the history of the NFL. That the retired coach that comes in comes back to replace his his replacement, and that replacement stays on the staff and gets demoted. It's never happened in the NFL for a reason. So not going to happen, but that's, that's it. I just had to address those two things that so, uh, even if, if the Bucks wanted to hire Sean Payton and Sean Payton wanted to come to Tampa, the Saints would be like, okay, give me like what you gave uh, the Raiders for Gruden. Like they would have to be bent over a barrel right. for the Saints to give them to him to the Bucks. Oh yeah. 100%. Let me ask a question. And, uh, you know, I, I think the question is begged by the super chat from our buddy, James Hill a little bit earlier. And this is what I wanted to ask you earlier. I think this is the way that I want to ask it. I know I'm asking this way too soon because nobody's going to know until the end of the season. Does Tom really go out like this? Listen, I know that he is looking at himself and he's probably kicking himself in the ass saying, I came out of retirement to be on a three and five football team with a head coach that has no idea what the hell he's doing. Like, I, I just, I do not, I mean, I do agree with James that I don't think left, which lasts the rest of the season because this is potentially Tom's last season. And even with Tom Brady in a three and five record, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm sure that there are a lot of people on that coaching staff and in that front office who believe this team can still compete down the stretch. Because it's even not, if they lose sole possession of the NFC South this week, they're still only what a game behind. Well, they, they will lose sole possession no matter what happens. Um, they're still only a game behind. They would be a game. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No. Well, no. If Atlanta wins, they will be a game. If Carolina wins, they'll have the same record, but Carolina will own the head to head tiebreaker. That makes sense. No, so, it does. It does. Here's the thing. I, I don't know, but I also don't think Tom has any idea. Like I, I don't think Tom has any idea. Like, I don't think Tom knows. So it's tough for me to speculate on whether it's going to be his last year. Do I think he could return for another year? Maybe not. You know, I'm, we're not just talking to the Bucks. We're talking to the NFL, right? Because he's a, technically he's a free agent at the end of the year. Like, we're talking, is he going to be playing football again? Um, like, I, I, I think there's more of a chance now than, say, if you asked me four months ago. If you had asked me, like, before training camp, I would have been like, no. Like, that's it. Um, but the way this season has gone, it could be tough I, for a guy like him to go out this way. Uh, the, the thing that would worry me, if you're looking at it from a Bucks perspective, he might say, like, dude, 
why would I come back to Tampa? Yeah. Like, yeah. why would I spend, you know, especially if like, if Todd Bowles is still there and like, let's say he doesn't love the offensive coordinator hire and like, they don't really get like some of the pieces that he wants or that he's like, why would I come back to Tampa where I just had a miserable time? I mean, he looks miserable out there. Like he, his body and it's not just him. It's the entire team. The entire team's body language looks miserable. But it's just he's like, why would I go back there? So I, while I think I, I still bet money, it's the end of his career. I think this is last year if I had to bet. But um, I think if he does come back, I think there's a serious consideration that maybe it's not in Tampa. And, and I do think it could be. I'm not closing the draw on that, but um, maybe it's not. Just hate to see him get Joe Montana. You know what I mean? Like. Like Joe Montana going to Kansas City, and like that team fucking sucked. They beat San Francisco with uh, Steve Young that one time, but like they weren't good. You know what I mean? And it, it tarnished his legacy. And I know that he's already won a Super Bowl in Tampa, so that discussion is neither here nor there. But it just it's it's like it it does really bum you out. You know what I mean? Like it it really is sad yeah, but, to watch this yeah, team in the state that they are. Technically, the Bucks were Joe Montana's, like Tom Brady's, like Chiefs, basically. Right, that's what I'm saying, but it, it's not yeah, a but, bad. But, but like, yeah, but like what I'm saying, oh, I mean, he's won a Super Bowl, like obviously. Yeah, 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 clearly. I mean, it but worked. Like, but like Joe Montana, Joe Montana also took the Chiefs, I think like the AFC Championship game. Um, I don't know if it was, it was in his first year, but he did it. Yeah, but I mean, outside of that, I don't remember that team doing very much. Oh... Well, uh, what else do you want to talk about from tonight? I know it's a little bit of a shorter show. Usually when the when we go on these tangents, it's so funny because it, our shortest podcast in the history of the podcast is we approach 300 episodes. Our shortest pods in history have have been either when the team is on like such a good game to where it's like, oh, they were good at everything today or it's just so bad. We have no choice but to get on here and, and try not to have a mental breakdown. Yeah, believe it or not, there's actually there's actually less to talk about in like a thirty-one to three win. You know, it's like okay, yeah, defense is really good, offense is really good. All right, bye bye. Um, you know, but and then like, especially when it's a losing streak now, it's three straight. Like, what else are we gonna say that hasn't already been said before? You know, and like the thing about it is like. The Bucs played better tonight than they have against the Panthers and against the Steelers. They played better tonight. So I think the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender. Like, I really do. I was high on them before the season started. Um, they played better tonight, but it was just – it was against a better opponent, which is why those games against the Panthers and Steelers mattered so much, and you just threw those opportunities away. David Cardona, the moderator, holding it down, says, I haven't been this pissed since Evan lost King of the Wing in 2020. I lost so much money on that bet. You weren't the only one. Well, I can name you one person in this country that was more pissed than you. you, know, you Actually, my family, my family was probably happy. Your family, my family bet against you. They all picked me to win. It was yeah, like a clean yeah. sweep. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's pretty good, man. Shout out to everybody in the live chat, by the way. Yeti RC, Common Sensei, Mr. Bucks Nation, the moderator with the super chat, holding it down. Dark Angel, Wes Ramirez, Brandon Michael, who is hanging out with me in the uh, Mr. Bucks Nation stream. MK, Michael Kelly, Cyclops is better than Wolverine, NE, TB12, Goatman, who does not seem pleased. And to be honest, we have been uh, blessed with his presence these past couple of years, but he thinks Brady is a 49er next year. No way he comes back to the Bucks, he says. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Miami's not the spot. Tua, I think they're they've been winning too much with Tua. I think too. Um, they're making that work, I, and and I think they can make yeah. that work for another year. Yeah. Um, but like, I could see San Francisco. I mean, it would mean probably they're probably they'd be dumping Lance. And to me, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Right now, I don't think Tom Brady has any idea. I don't think anybody has any idea. Yeah, so I don't think there's a lot. There's a lot that can happen between now and then. Yeah, I mean, we can never we can never sit here and predict what Tom is thinking, but I guarantee you he's not sitting in that locker room or driving home right now thinking about, man, I wonder if I'm going to be in San Francisco next year. Um, this is going to hurt for everybody in that locker room because the fact of the matter is guys like Mike Evans, guys like Chris Godwin, Levante David, Will Golston, all of your longer tenured players, they have been here for loser Bucks ball, but not a lot of other guys Welcome in that locker back. room. Yeah, right. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> back. Reality check, folks. Uh, we are not out of the woods just yet. So it's going to be an adjustment for a lot of those guys, and it's going to take the wind out of their sails. And how are they going to respond? I don't know. The last three weeks, they've been getting their fucking ass beat. But um, I mean, I guess at some point they have to turn it on, right? Uh, you would think. You would think. One, one, one would think. One would think but it's it's crazy too how like yeah. defensively this is some of the worst Bucks football in the history of the franchise and we're doing it with Tom Brady. <laughs> well, like, I mean, especially like rushing, rushing wide, like rushing offense. Rushing um, offense is the worst in NFL it's history. The, it's the worst, like statistically, it's the worst in NFL history. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. At least one silver lining for me, um, is. I said the Ravens were going to run all over the Bucks. That's what I said. So that was my prediction. Good on you. Because they, they certainly did that. And it's crazy how much ground they were able to make up. I, I cannot stress enough how perfect that second half game plan went for them. I mean, that, it, that's that's the type of ball they play. Like, I don't know what they were doing in the first half. It was like they were toying with Tampa in the first half. Yeah, it, it was very weird. I, I guess it was just a fluke. Like, I, I guess that oh, defensive man. performance, you know what I mean? Like, we, we talk about how they only held Baltimore to three in the first half. But, yeah, they came out predominantly throwing the football. I don't have the stat sheet in front of me, but I know it was like less than five entire carries in that first half for Baltimore, which is not at all what they are known for. Maybe they just wanted to try and, you know, you have a better chance of absolutely gassing this defense in the second half when they've already played 30 minutes. So maybe that's the thought process. But you know, I kind of thought coming into this one, they would still want to attack the middle of the field. You want to attack the linebackers because that second well, level, especially against the run, that's been a huge weakness for Tampa Bay. So, like, I, I kind of saw what they were doing. But, yeah, I mean, once they stuck to their guns and they stuck with what worked, it it could not have worked any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just got to gotta try and power through. And uh According to Leonard Fournette, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So, yeah, that was that was um, a great quote. Great timing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's um, yeah, it, it, it sucks right now. And just got to hope that they can make the adjustments to turn it around. We'll see if they make any coaching changes. We'll see if they make any changes at all. Obviously, the next time they play will be after the trade deadline. So the trade deadline is November 1st. So we'll see if anything happens there. And, um, yeah, just going to have to to wait and see because right now, you know, the performance on the field, you know, whether whether the past two seasons happened or not, the performance on the field right now is unacceptable anyway. So. 
KHY001 with a great stat check here. Thanks for checking in in the chat. Says Lamar Jackson threw the ball 32 times in the first half, only five in the second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that doesn't tell you how things went on offense for Baltimore, I don't know what else does. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to say thank you to each and every person who jumped in the live stream tonight. It was not a very fun podcast, but of course, we get to react live to the game and let off some steam. That's uh, that's what we try to do. We try to keep things transparent and we're going to speak what's on our mind. That's what we've always done. We've been doing it since all the way back in 2016. And I promise you folks, we are going to be here after the Tom Brady era. We're going to see this thing through. Um, <laughs> it's not fun right now, but it's been a hell of a lot less fun before. So if you're one of the OGs, David Cardona, I don't know if you're still in here, but I know for a fact he was saying earlier, uh, he said, man, I haven't heard Rhett cuss like this on a podcast since like 2018, back when the Bucks were, you know, four and ten. Um, so we'll get through it, guys. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for watching the show. Subscribe if you have not already. More great Buccaneers content on the way throughout the rest of the season. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucs news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucs underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucsNation.com. Evan, i got to be honest with you. I didn't say anything about it because I wanted to get through the show, and I, I didn't want this to be awkward or anything. Um, you know, but I, I think the people have a right to know. Uh, your, your behavior before the podcast... Uh, folks, we got on here and Evan was was having a fit. You should have seen him. Uh, people said he's taking this loss surprisingly well, but he wasn't when he first jumped on the call here. Throwing tablets, uh, breaking yeah, cell phones, just, you know, almost broke your your, actually, your fancy I microphone. Actually, you yeah, broke your actually, webcam during the show. That's, that's yeah, that's the whole deal. Listen, buddy. Why. So I'm, I'm it, people. People said my mic was low. It's because I actually damaged it a little. Bit, yeah. You know? So I, I, buddy, I have no choice. Uh, we're probably going to have to suspend you for a little while. <sighs> really well yeah. if you have if you have no choice i guess i uh there will be no appeal from my camp that's what i'll say well i appreciate you accepting your suspension with that being said i guess we're gonna have to find a couple of uh couple of co-hosts moving forward for the next few shows as coach wanish serves his suspension any final words from you uh before we don't hear from you again for a little while yeah, check out uh, check out my written work on BucksNation.com. I have the the prediction reviews coming out soon, and then uh, I think this weekend I might have something written up talking about Jason Light a little bit because I don't think many people have talked about him and and what you know he has done to sort of maybe help or hurt this season. So I'm um, gonna be having some some good content coming out over there. And look, you know, it's gonna be a little bit before I talk to you guys and. Um, you know, just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Rhett hasn't given me a timetable and it's just my behavior. It, it could be, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it, I broke two tablets. It may have to be two games. Who knows? Uh, but, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, you just kind of try to try and get through it. You know, it's hopefully the Rams are not the Rams of old. Obviously I know the bucks are not the bucks of old, but, um, it's a it's a winnable game but the scheme wise we'll see you know we'll see but uh the bucks are facing must wins pretty much every week now so um yeah hopefully they can turn it around and we'll see if there's any coaching changes or roster changes uh coming their way soon and of course we'll keep you guys updated throughout the rest of the week with any buccaneer news roster changes firings anything like that 
right here, youtube.com forward slash cannon, cannon fire podcast. As we wrap, excuse me, as we wrap up, <clears throat> those wings are catching up to me a little bit earlier. As we wrap up the show, uh, you can follow myself on social media at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S, Instagram and Twitter. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Shout out once again to everybody in the chat. G Vegas, the moderator, holding it down. MK, Michael Kelly, Brandon Michael, Yeti RC, John Smith, Willie Beam, and the other moderator, Chakia Rawls. I think I said that correctly. Uh, correctly. Dark Angel, Mr. Bucks Nation checking in, TB12 Goatman. We truly do appreciate your guys' support. We'll talk to you in the next one. Next time you hear from us. Oh, by the way, go Phillies. Just saying. Oh, yeah, next great. At I least you got a baseball guys, team to, to look forward to. Next, next time I talk to you guys, that'll be decided. So, All right, I'm going to mute Phillies. your ass. Phils you're going suspe- to be suspended for six. real. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna Phils, turn it. We're gonna fills in six guys. Um, what are you? What are you an Astros fan? No, 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 no. You you like you like cheaters? Like come no, on. no, no, no. It's not that. I'm just bummed that the one team I really care about every single year is playing like garbage right I now. Know, I know. Chakia Rawls in chat says, "Win, lose, or draw. I love the Buccaneers on and off the field. They will get it together. Uncross you nuts." <laughs> that's, <Hey>. that's that's perfect <laughs> that's, hopefully that's the way to end yeah that's way to end. yeah i think that's a perfect note to send this thing out on hopefully the bucks can uncross their nuts headed on uh throughout the rest of the season evan we will hear from you eventually gonna be missing some time but we are going to miss you next time you hear from us we're going to be joined by former tampa bay buccaneers quarterback sean king that should drop within the next coming days uh, maybe saturday i don't know about tomorrow i'll give you guys a little bit of a break we'll try and get something out this weekend for Sure. Maybe a little bit of James Hill sneaking in here every now and again, too. Ugh. I know. I know. <laughs> Just the worst. Thank you guys so much for checking us out this week. We truly do appreciate you. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thanks for listening and go box. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.